bailed. Hello, friends. Bailed on the introduction. If someone's got to say afternoon. All might as well be me. <laughs> hey. Very nice. How are we, pals? What are we here for today? Um, very well, Marcus. Thanks for asking. We're nice. here to talk about a movie. Which because one? we're on the podcast Throwing the Power, which is the podcast where we talk about movies. And the points are made up. And yeah, the points are just like uh, time alone in a uh, Swahili uh, butcher. <laughs> Can I see that on the board? Time alone is what <laughs> I have. No. Sorry, Jimmy. Who is the Swahili I have butcher for I have two questions. I have two questions. Go on. What the fuck? And should we start again? <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. Go. Swahili butcher? Every no, no. time you ask, should we start again? It makes it funnier to keep going. So this is throwing the power. What are we talking about today, pals? We're talking about Star Wars. Which one? Star Wars, the original oh, all, Star Wars. All the wars. Yeah, it, is get ready. Called, it is called A New Hope, but it also <laughs> is just called Star Wars. Star Wars Episode 4. 1977. Uh, written and directed by George Lucas. Luke Who is has. We're giving you guys all this context because we, we apologize. Every now and then we'll pick a smaller movie just for our listeners and we're just like, fuck, is anyone- You've got to go gotta, indie sometimes. That's it. Because these, so, are the ones, these are the films that matter. 100%. Again, for and context, this, is, this was voted for us. Yes. We didn't choose it. But we're we wouldn't. Now, there we is wouldn't. one iconic uh, voice role in this film. So, if you don't know it yet, this might help. Does this sound familiar? <laughs> <laughs> no, you mean. <laughs> I think it's. Okay. I was doing Han Solo. What it's were you doing? Bill Cosby. <laughs> I won't lie. I thought you were talking about Lila Guinness. Oh. Oh, Oscar nominated for this my. movie. Hello, Hello there. there. Hello. <laughs> of course I know him. Here's Before me. we jump in, though, we're rating this on 11. Why is that, Tom? Uh, because... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> shaking his head. Uh, no confidence. They Pre- are getting progressively worse as has we Has he on. prepped something? Honestly, out of 11, why, Tom? We rate these out of 11 because uh, that's the number of poor uh, young virgin men who die. No, dark- stop. No. Okay, because it had an eleven million dollar budget, honestly, and it made seven hundred and seventy-five. Come on, woo! Star Wars. It's the number twenty-eight film in the top two hundred and fifty. It's rated eight point six. Got ninety-three percent on on Rotten Tomatoes. Ninety percent on Metacritic. It won six Oscars. Like, who the fuck? What are you even doing here? Okay, should we start again? Now we should start again. You go, Frank. Oh and my it's, out of, it's out of 11. <laughs> it's out of 11. And we decided it's because Frank's having a mental breakdown. No, it's, it's out of 11. It's out of 11 because that's what two lightsabers look like. Hey. hey. That was friendly. That was friendly. That was okay. Nice. Hands up who like this. I'm scared film. to move around you right now. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't that mean. <laughs> I love this film. Chris has his hand up. Chris loves this film. Hey, don't speak for Chris. Again, he put his hand up. Yeah. What's your number? Oh, okay. I am an 8.5. That's pretty high. That's high, but not a like a love. Like, I'd say like nine's a love. It's a flawed I, masterpiece. I've said it before. I'll oh, say it again. Okay. Oh. Fuck it. Let's go a 10. Yeah. Hey. Hey. Woo. Maybe the least surprising thing that's happened on the whole show, but I'm still into it. <laughs> it's still a good time. No, not an 11. Again, I don't know what we No. 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 They're a, a, a bit of film. Oh, wow. God, yeah. We'll talk about that one day. Shit. Um, okay. Keep going around the table, I guess. We go all the way around. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm a hovering around, like, I guess, same as Marcus. Maybe like an 8.6. Wow. Okay. Did you have to just one-up me by the- Point By the one. point one, the it's decimal. like, not yeah. a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I wanted to. 
Okay, well, fuck. Can you not play on my head like that? <laughs> like it's a tambourine. <laughs> I um, I, I'm gonna give it a five. Ooh. I just and I grew up with this film. We had the special edition VHS in Darth Vader's face. I remember it was a very nice VHS set and I used to love it. And I watched it again recently and I was like, wow, this is, this is clunky. Clunky. That's how I felt about it. It was really clunky. Interesting. Tell me I'm wrong. As the listeners know, that is my euphemism for (laughs) you're full of shit. (laughs) (laughs) Interesting. He's probably got some valid points, but I want to hear. No, I don't disagree that there's a lot of clunk. Want to get my first point? Sure. Early in the film. C-3PO, R2-D2. Do we need a synopsis? (laughs) I'm assuming most people- We'll take it as read. Yeah, most people will know. Um, C-3PO and R2-D2 are on the ship with Princess Leia, blah, blah, blah. They blast off. They get- They land on Tatooine. And then they get separated, right? And then they get reunited like two and a half minutes later. And you're like, what was the point? What was the point of that? Why didn't they have a little two minute hijink scene where they um, cement their friendship and have a little moment? Would, we- you, would you like an answer? Okay, yes. <laughs> yes Straight away. <laughs> uh, because in the Battle of Yavin 4 at the end, R2 gets shot. Mm-hmm. And as he's being pulled out of the X-Wing at the end, we have... C-3PO saying, oh, if I can donate any of my parts to help my little friend, please. So you have a character arc with C-3PO, a robot. Which- and it starts with him hating R2 at the start. It's learning. Yes, but why does he hate R2 at the start? Because if, haven't we already, have they not been through anything together yet? We at don't this know. Point? This is the first film. Yeah, I know. That's half my problem. This film is like, I have no idea what I'm about to become. And then the rest of the films come in. And none of it really matches. Okay, this is tricky because we need to talk about this film as a standalone film because if we start- We to don't then, have to. No, I think we have to because we're, we're talking about it okay, objectively, well then, right? Then the dialogue is bad. Sure. But if we start- <laughs> I think we're going to go into a rabbit hole if we start piecing together uh, prequels and then sequels and, and sort of trying to go, but, you know, contextually this happened and- But that's- in That's what Star Wars is. Okay. In 1977, though, we saw this for the first time. If you look at it like fresh we? eyes. We? We did Who? not. <laughs> but you know what I mean. Like You always you have that necklace us? on and you haven't aged a day in the last 15 <laughs> years, Marcus. What the fuck is happening here? Like butter over too much bread. That's that embryo I've been sucking on. Oh, <laughs> oh cut that. Jesus. I don't know. Just pitch modulate his voice down as low as you can. Mm, embryo. Do you see my point? No, no. What point were you? Oh, right. The, 77. <laughs> the last thing you said. That no. George, George Lucas is making a pulpy sci-fi film. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah. I don't think it's good, though. No. I think it's- I think so much of it is groundbreaking and awesome special effects and a- and a, uh, it's, it's- he's so intelligent in that regard, in the way that he built- and created all these special effects. Like, a lot of it is groundbreaking. We, we can agree on that, right? Mm-hmm. Probably Absolutely. all of it is groundbreaking. Well, yeah. George Lucas started ILM for yeah. this film. Industrial Light and Magic for the listener, which is like him and Spielberg's, like the biggest special effects company of all time, pre-Weta. They did everything. Everything. They I did E.T., they did Jurassic Park, they did Lieutenant Dan's legs. Yeah, in- which I love. And I love Jurassic Park and the special effects in that. I feel like- the special effects aren't the problem here. The script is, right? Mm. 
Like, I think Sir Alec Guinness had a real issue with this script. Yeah. He famously And I'm, I'm script, just as right? smart as Sir Alec Guinness. Yeah. Hated the script, hated the process, was still very respectful of the craft and working with his actors and being a peer um, you get and mixed, a mentor almost. You get mixed reviews, but... You do, yeah, yeah. But I think ultimately, like, yeah, it is a... Fl- again, it's a flawed masterpiece. I think it was groundbreaking for its time. I think it, again, I hate to keep repeating myself, it paved the way. Um, I mean, Lucas saw the potential in this because he took a massive gamble on this one uh, and relinquished the rights to the film and took over. He took over. He got merchers, merch. merchandising mm-hmm. as a major, and that's a big. Well, he took. Gamble. He took like two hundred thousand as a director fee. Like, yeah. took no money to actually make it. Yeah. Um, and him and Spielberg were the only ones who believed in. It. Like, he did a test screening for. You know, everyone, all the producers, all other directors in the. They all said that it was time. shit, right? They were like, "What the fuck is this?" <laughs> yeah. So I get it. I get I where you're coming with- from, but like, it. I mean, it's a cult classic, and it's and it, there's huge. no there's no denying that. And everything you see, and I know we're talking about the '77 film uh, standalone, but every other film around it, everyone goes, "Well, my dad t- took me to see this one," or I remember standing in line to see the original Star Wars. Like, there's so much nostalgia baked into this whole series that you you can't you almost can't fight it. It's too big to avoid. Mm. And I feel like it suffers because of that now, these, this day and age. But when this one came out, obviously it was massive. The second biggest film opening of all time in terms of tickets sold and all this sort of stuff. But I don't know. I just feel like purely that it's just purely special effects. People went, whoa, you can do space on film and uh, blow up stuff? Like, I don't. It was crazy they put that on the poster. space? We should do the tagline game again. Oh, we'll do it later. Do you not think that the over the story overall is actually quite big? Like the world building and everything they're doing, and as a as a person now who knows Star Wars, like it's it's very hard to judge it solo. Sure. Well, but Solo's a different hard? movie. No, that one came yeah. out how many years ago? A couple of years ago. Yeah, I think yeah. you're getting confused, man. Sorry. It's very, but it's very interesting because we know so much. So going back to watch the original Star Wars, and again, I've seen this film like 20 times growing up. I know it very well. But watching it analytically, I kind of go, t- try and take away the nostalgia, try and take away, you know, what it means and how many times you saw it with your family. What's, what's in it for you? Like, do you- Sure. I don't know. I, I find it hard to articulate, but I feel like it's not as incredible as everyone feels. And I know that's counterproductive to my whole thing because I love to just watch films and feel happy. Doesn't work for me in this one. It always feels like you're coming up against a tidal wave when it's something of this, like a pillar like Star Wars yeah. and going, well, I have to feel something commensurate with how big a deal this is. If I don't feel like this is a franchise or the beginning of a franchise that has meant so much to so many people in the world, there, there is no more viable like intellectual property or economic franchise than Star Wars for as long as it's been around. It's insane. The money off this, the nostalgia, the, the sentiments tied up with it. And I think when you watch it and try and retroactively go, how do I enjoy this on a level that equals that? It's, it's impossible for one, mm. but it's also a very difficult thing to not kind of go into it with. I know I have that feeling when I watch this movie that I didn't watch that much as a kid. I don't remember this movie very well. I'm sure I saw it a little. I remember seeing it at the Snares house, weirdly enough, your, oh. your uh, relatives. I went to their house when I was quite young, Frank, and they, their son played it for me. But uh, I Great don't- reference. Little reference there, just for shout out to Vicky and Brian Snare. 
Frank's relatives. My uncle and auntie-in-law. <laughs> oh, Isn't, that nice? Isn't it nice how nice I am to your family? But anyway, I uh, yeah, I find that this movie is a little bit- uh, it, I'm wondering how much I like it and how much residually I know I'm meant to. And I feel that so rarely with movies these days, and Star Wars is one I always feel that way with. These, these ones, anyway. I'd never feel it with anything post the original trilogy. But these three, I'm just kind of like, yeah, I kind of, I really, I really should like this. There's a lot of weight around them. 100%. Socially. There's a lot of, of, of a, you feeling an insistence in yourself. I don't feel pressured by other people. I feel myself wanting to get something that I don't want to miss. I know hmm. a lot of people that don't like Star Wars. 100%. It's not. There's a lot out there. It's oh. definitely not an, you know. But I, it's not an overwhelming amount, but they're there and then and it's all valid. As with there are people who don't like fantasy or sci-fi, but like, yeah. I love fantasy and sci-fi. Hmm. So my wife Flick, she loves Fifth Element, favorite film of all time. Can't stand Star Wars. I was like, okay, so what is it about sci-fi? Like, I don't know if she likes sci-fi generally as a rule of thumb, but Fifth Element resonates with her for some reason. Star Wars just didn't, and yeah. I feel that Star Wars has a bigger story to tell. It just didn't land with her, and I know a lot of people who felt exactly the same. Did you tell her how you felt about Star Wars? No, yeah, she knew I loved it. Okay, that's why she doesn't like it. Yeah. That's very true. No, 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 no. no, no. Purely wanted to argue. That was a setup. I love you, Flick. I'm sorry. Um, (laughs) No, it's very true though. But we don't always have to like the same things, and I think for the same reason that you know, I. That's why I'm very interested into why you're going to bat for this as like a, as a. I don't really love it that much. That interests me because I think it's easier in this respect to sit back and go, it's great. Yeah. Fuck yeah, it's great, and I think it is. I guess that's easy then. Um, <laughs> I, I just like, I didn't take a lot of notes or like thoughts down during, but like, like I've said, I think the writing and the dialogue is so clunky. And I don't want to put you on the spot. Anything in particular? Any lines? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <sighs> just did what I said I didn't want to do. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't have I any, found a spot and I placed Frank on I, it. I don't have any dialogue in, in particular. Like, all of Luke, Luke is a whiny motherfucker, and I feel like that doesn't really land for the protagonist. Like, I know he has that arc and he becomes a very uh, calm and wise Jedi by the third film. But in this one, he's just complaining about everything. He's like, oh, I've got to mm. go back to my, I've got to get fuel cells or whatever. But I was going to get power generators. Yeah. Is that what he power says? Generators. Yeah. That is a good point because the poster- of the film, which I'm sure Chris can attest to. Has him as the star. He's got and the- he's jacked. He is a jet. Like Luke has his shirt open, yeah. pointing to the sky. Leia's wrapped around his leg, looking all sexy-like, which is, by his the way- His sister, yeah. His sister. Mm, um, interesting. But he looks, re- like, he looks like a proper, like, this guy's going to come in. He's the hero of the story. He's going to fuck shit up. And then all he does is whinge and moan <laughs> the entire way through. Oh, C-3PO, and where could he be? That's why Han, in turn, becomes really likable, right? Yeah, because like, he's like- he is- He's the hero you want, but he's not the hero you get. Ah, uh, Batman. Um, <laughs> but, like, for example, why- Chris, you might be able to actually answer this, but they walk into Mos Eisley. Mos Eisley? Mos. Mos Eisley. Mos Eisley. The bar scene. <laughs> My friend doesn't like you. Okay, sorry. I don't like you either. Wh- why don't they like Luke? What is- for Well, you don't you like don't. Luke. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that you in that scene? Yeah. I, I mean, like, what the fuck is Frank sick. doing on my yeah. television? The impersonation was bang on, so I'm now Thank unconvinced you, Frank was in Star it Wars. Was. And I didn't get paid correctly. <laughs> I, you, I want a royalty. Do you have an answer for this, Chris? 
They just don't like the look of him. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and it reflects, I think, as much as this is a pulpy sort of film that's drawing on other, uh, like, types and tropes of film, it's the stranger who walks into the bar and someone comes <laughs> up and knocks into him and just goes, yeah. well, who the fuck are you? And, you know, he's just like, I don't have to tell you anything. Well, they do it with the droids, right? Sure. We don't like them kind yeah, but the of droids do it, which is great, you and, know. But why don't- <sighs> Similar The droids get kicked out, that's fine, but then why is Luke allowed in but then hated? It's- he's too pretty, maybe. No, yeah, but Han Solo the other guys. It's no. a, how do you convey the nature of a place immediately? You show people that are inhospitable Hostile, to him. Sure, but yeah. why Why are they kicking the droids out to that level of hostility and then Luke just gets picked on? Sure. Because he looks too straight-laced? I, I don't have an answer for you. Yeah, but, but it's, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like a lot of it happens so the story can happen. A lot of it, like, and the, like, this is the whole thing. George Lucas' entire career, everyone criticises his script writing which I think is fair and valid. He's a visionary. I think he's a genius in so many aspects of filmmaking, but script writing and storytelling are not his prowess. Tell I don't know if, if there's a single example of that available anywhere, but you can let it stand if you want. Tell people are just going to slander George Lucas's dialogue here and that's what we're doing. I think there's two different types of directors. You've got the big picture director, the, the cinematographer, the- um, Yeah, the visuals the overall, and the special effects yeah, and that's look right. how amazing- you've got your actor's director and I think that- very rarely do you get both in the same director. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, the f- or at least you get like a 70-30, right? And if I read this correctly, and again, Chris can attest to this or not, I think Lucas was very much like a, uh, whatever, bigger or less or bigger, yeah. more uh, or more. But they no. got him, t- he lost his voice at one point, and they got him two little cards that said faster and more intense. Ah, right. So, again, he's big picture, and I think that he-, he It's don't. Don't make it a- With the bar, it was what, what? very much about the world building. Yeah. I, I, again, I, you can see the intention. The intention works. The intention makes sense. Because, of course, you watch the film and you go, you know what they're doing. Like, obviously, it's a, it's a rough place, which you have in Mose Eisley. Scum and villainy, you've never seen any level of it. It's a bad place, Alex, says Alex. Alex. Whereas, you know, Guinness. you look later. Alex McGuinness. Alex McGuinness. <laughs> Wonderful actor. But he, George always wants something to be happening because the yeah. start of the film is slow. And so it has to then make up for lost time. And the second half of the film basically doesn't stop. Mm. It, once it gets started, it keeps going. So with that, with that bar scene, it's like, yeah, I want him to have an altercation, uh, some dialogue, and then a guy gets his arm chopped off. Oh, yes. that's cool. That's interesting. We've now seen what a lightsaber can do. Okay. So we're building the world a little bit. Yep. It's similar when later they're on the Death Star and they are cornered in the, de- uh, the, in the detention corridor. Yep. Mm. Uh, and Leia blasts through the grate and they jump down into the garbage chute. Mm-hmm. Another film, it's like, okay, they've escaped through the garbage chute and now they're just going to be running through a hallway somewhere. No, that leads to another scene where they're now trapped in the garbage chute. So it's like things, make make things happen. Let's do things. Yeah, he likes It's not just an escape. It's let's do something. The garbage chute is the only scene in the movie when where it's happening, I'm like, this is transcendent. This is like what? This is the greatest scene in any film, and I don't need anything else what? other than this. Are you the second, drunk? <laughs> you must little. You can't. The second they're in there, and the pressure is on, and I'm like, this no. has been done, of course, so many times since, like a room that's collapsing or closing in on people, and like an urgent situation. I don't know that it's ever been done this effectively from again, like you say, an escape out of the frying pan into the fire, and mm. and the ludicrousness of. 
There's some sort of one-eyed alien down here. <laughs> Ex- fucking excuse me. Do you know? We'll deal with that later. The walls are collapsing. It feels like, like everything there master. is amazing. It feels like a dungeon master. It is. It's a, you're it absolutely is, right. It's, it's like Dungeons and, Dra- and it's, Dungeons and Dragons. It's the most ineffective suspense scene in my opinion. Oh, why? So they that? get in there and they land in the in the garbage. Room. It's they're smothered in water. Luke gets. <laughs> I don't know what it's called. It's a room. There's <laughs> trash garbage everywhere. Who didn't clean this? All right, Thomas. You just referred to it as transcendent. So maybe stop for a little. I apologize. Yeah, down. So uh, Mark Hamill, Luke Skywalker, gets pulled under by the one-eyed googly monster, which is laughable. First of all, he pops his eye up, and it's hilarious. Also, There's a codename for a penis. <laughs> Well, yep. faster and more intense. <laughs> he gets pulled under, and in the new version, there's a lot more noise and stuff. But in the original version, it's like dead quiet, and like all you hear is splashing and. When <laughs> then everyone's like, <laughs> "Were you providing these sound effects while you were watching?" I was a foley artist on the. And then, but you hear like, "Where is he? Get him out!" Like just they random lines for two minutes while. Luke is underwater Drown. getting strangled. And then he comes up and he's like, get it, get it off me. And then he goes back under again. Like, there's no stakes. No one's really moving. They're not running around. And then eventually he shoots, Han Solo shoots the one-eyed monster, frees Luke, and then the room starts collapsing. Correction. So, Chewie's trying to get the fuck out of that room at the door. He's like, fuck that's these That's a good people. point. Chewie's like, he's trying to I the don't door know now. these people. I did not come here with them. He's scratching at the door like a dog. There has been a mistake. <laughs> Chewie does not. But then, no, but let's just, that happens and then that's done and then it's the room. Cla- it's like you've got the two problems yeah. and you separate them. Like, where did the little one-eyed monster go? And then the room starts, like- You've got, you've. <laughs> in in just, what is also, might I add, like knee deep water at best. Oh, <laughs> if yes. not ankle deep. How does he even but disappear in that? Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. I think it's a good choice because too deep and you're just like, well, everyone's struggling here if it's up to their shoulders. If it's ankle deep, it's like, who gives a shit? You know? So it's How just does he get pulled under? Well, like you say, knee deep. No, I said, I said ankle deep. Well, it is literally ankle deep water and all the rubbish looks like little cheap some plastic. some high ankles there, fella. I got long legs. I mean, this is in the same world and universe where the force exists. You, you Get out of here. You're probably picking that apart a bit too much. No, because I- I think enjoy the adventure. And normally, I would agree with you. 100%. You know that's who I am. I love a ride. Which love- is why I'm so perplexed. But it's like, the force makes sense. Drowning in ankle deep water to a one-eyed monster- doesn't make sense. If you followed your water safety guidelines, you would understand that you can You can drown, drown in an inch water. water. I know. <laughs> can you stop sending those to us, Marcus? My the inbox PSA. is full of that shit. My PDFs are very well put together. Yeah, the PF, the personal flotation device. PFD, Marcus. <laughs> <laughs> the, that was nice. The cherry on top of that scene is because they've been radio, radioing C-3PO, C-3PO at the other end. And as they're celebrating that line. the doors have stopped. Yes. Oh, uh, two, they're being squashed. You know, it's, it's, it's very, fantastic. Very that bit I love. That's all I have. <laughs> the five minutes before that. I, I, I think that entire 10 minutes is ingenious. And no. I'm just, I'm really uh, in awe when that's that, all happening. Look, growing up, it's one of so those memorable scenes for me. It's memorable. Yes. I, I don't know. I just. I never feel the danger me. in that movie like I do in that scene. And it's like hearing Chris talk about Star Wars. I want to be on the same level. 
And that's one of the few times I'm there. And the rest of the time, I think it's good. I feel weird being very into, I like movies. And I feel very weird being into them as much as I do and not being able to say, to me, it's almost like saying, I love video games, but Red Dead, yeah, you know, or I love Star Trek, but uh, the Klingons, yeah, so much. I love music. That's racist. Sure, absolutely. I love musical theatre, but I'm not a fan of Frank Kerr. Like, you know, it's like, well, how does that work? You know, there's got to be some. Actually, yeah, sorry, I'll go back to that one. (laughs) You've said that to me. All I like is Frank Kerr and musical theatre. It's like saying that, you know. Can I can I ask you a question, Frank? Can I ask you a question, Frank? Yes. Do you like Indiana Jones? Oh, you can sing. So maybe answer. George Lucas isn't isn't for you. He as might not be my director. Yeah. I, but that's the I haven't seen Indiana Jones as an adult. Okay. Yeah. yeah. You know, a- sort of growing up, but like any of them. Even like the, new, the Crystal Skull. No. <laughs> so no. The Let's King just say the no. Crystal there skull. is sure. the, the scene where uh, Luke first meets Obi-Wan in Obi-Wan's little hut. Yes. It's back and forth. See, I, and I don't mind that scene. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. It, it is a nice scene because there is some subtle, subtle writing, but there's some, yeah, there is some wonderful acting going on there because From Luke Alan. asks Obi-Wan, how did my father die? And it cuts to Alec. And you see his eyes look for the lie. How mm. can I tell him a truth, mm. but not the truth? And it's uh, uh, Darth Vader, a former student of mine, was seduced by the dark, dark side. And he, he killed your father. He betrayed mm. and killed your father. That then pays off in the next film. Now, was that George's original intent? Was that... Alex acting, was it a mixture of both? Mm. I don't know, but it's nice. It's a nice I agree. That bit, that bit really lands. Mm. And I feel like when it gets, when the cast have that allowance to, maybe if it's like play with the dialogue or make it their own, like a lot of the feedback is like that they went, George, these lines suck. We're going to just <laughs> tweak them. And he went, no, I don't give a fuck. As long as the scene looks cool. Um, so you, I can imagine- Alec Guinness being like, oh, well, I'll get to this point. Mm. And I can't imagine that George Lucas went, yeah, what am I going to do for two and three? Sorry, five and six. Wait, you don't think he did? No. He no. Had, no. I reckon he, had, he did. No. Because in, in, in that same scene, he mentions a clone war. Mm-hmm. So he's already will, world building in his own mm. head. He's but got the story planned. In, in loose that, concepts. Yeah. He gambled I'm the sh- merchandise thing. Like, I think this yeah. guy had a very long-term plan for this. And it, like Chris said, he'd built it in his head. He might not have articulated it, but he had it. And he had a plan. And he had, like, little tidbits and things that they would be able to play off again in the long run. I will, I will disagree because it doesn't line up right. Sure. It They're, lines up enough that they go, yeah, and then it comes in. And it, and there's a lot of plot holes. I'll give it that. That's my thought. I think there's ample evidence to show that regardless of how well he executed it, George Lucas always did have some idea of wanting to extend the story. This was originally just released as Star Wars in 1977. And then when it was revealed that there was going to be a sequel many years later, it immediately was drafted Star Wars Episode Five, to which I can't imagine- the headspace of being in 1979 <laughs> or 1980 and being like, there's going to be a new Star Wars. It's called episode five. What the fuck is going on? What? Like, what? It's, 
happened. That's what it. year is it? And then it gets to six, and George Lucas just fucked off for like eighteen years, and it's like, what happened to yeah. one, two, three? Yeah. And then they came, and as we all know, Phantom Menace is the best one. We'll come back to it, but oh, we'll, so good. We'll come back to but, it. Um, <laughs> but like, for example, I was watching some special features and stuff like that. Like they. You might be right. Sorry, I digress. But George Lucas was uh, insistent that Darth Vader's ship at the end, and they bought the Death Star, Darth Vader's ship barrels off. Mm-hmm. He doesn't get blown up. You don't see him die, nothing like that. You see his ship go, and you see Darth Vader is alive. And then we don't see him again, but we know that he's alive. So we go, oh, he's coming back. There's going to be a sequel. So maybe you're right, but I feel like it can't have been that well thought through. It's just, he's alive. We'll do something. We'll do something with it. We'll figure yeah. it out. Yeah. That's, that's how I felt about it. it might, I might be wrong. George Lucas yeah. might be, you know, all over it and yeah. has it all storyboarded I ready mean, to go. But. There is no mention of the Emperor in episode four. Mm. Yeah. Is that true? That's I thought true. Peter Cushing said something about the Emperor during the first conversation they have at the boardroom. Can you quote Ooh. the line for me? I cannot, he? but I remember him saying something that I was like, oh, they said the Emperor. But- I'm willing to- I, I could be wrong. I may have forgotten that. Interesting. Um, it's, it, there's enough ambiguity, like you say, and that's a really nice moment you bring up with Alec Guinness, that he doesn't have to betray the sort of stakes of that moment of your father was killed by this man. This is the man you should be angry at and you should, you should look for um, without then in the next film. It's not a cheat so much to say- well, actually, no, I am your father. Because obviously we can do that poetic sort of like, well, I killed your father to become this man and I am still your father sort of thing. Um, when Darth Vader hits Obi-Wan with the lightsaber and Obi-Wan uh, disintegrates, mm. does for a second look like Darth Vader looks for it. Like, just goes, Where the fuck did he go? Well, like, just kind of like- he well, he's No, like, he's no his Jedi yeah. has done that before. Or since. Although Luke-, Luke- does it? Does Luke it in does it, yeah. the we don't talk about second those. best yeah. Star Wars movie of all time? We'll get back to it. We'll get back to it. Talk about it. Can I just We're say- here to talk about Star Wars the series. We've got seven hours to go. <laughs> <laughs> the fight between Obi Wan and Vader, though, is, it's like awful. It's like two dementia patients fighting over the last cookie. Oh, Marcus, you know hyper I mean? like, specific. It it is, but like you, you understand what I mean? Yeah. It's the the um, the fight, Cory. Alec does one little bad. spin. Well, oh, but also, is, did they not have stunt doubles around? Have you seven? seen? Have you seen the None? edit where someone makes a um, stunt animated. double edit? On, it's an animated version online? as well. Yeah, yeah. I've mm. I've seen this. I know what you mean. It's not. So much it, better. But that makes the appetite for the fifteen minutes of the best Star Wars ever in Phantom Menace. In Phantom, yeah. Duel of the Fates. Duel of the Fates. F- fans had been waiting. 20 years or that. I'm not sure if you meant to phrase it this way, but the way you said it was 15 minutes of the best Star Wars ever, <laughs> which suggests that that movie- <laughs> Star Wars just, as a- pocket of those. Yeah, Star Wars as a, as a, as a, as a commodity. As a da-da, da-da, um, but yes, da-da, it is- da-da. Sorry. That's how it sounds. That's the song. Um, it's interesting because that- the, the lightsaber fighting, because when originally filming A New Hope, those- Props they had were very heavy, and George Lucas was adamant that it had to be a. It is a two-handed sword. It was full weight. It's um for 
the listener that don't know, but it's covered in reflective tape to make the glow. So they're shooting it with light. It glows so like a lightsaber and they add the color uh, by rotoscoping later. But the props they actually had were very heavy. So they're doing the sword fighting choreo and they're like lumbering around, sort of struggling. And then each movie it gets, gets progressively faster and more rapid and the, light, the lightsaber fights become so intricate and crazy. And you got Yoda jumping around in episode- <laughs> Flips. Episode yeah. that? Yoda flips. Five, six. Imagine <laughs> see, being Alec Guinness, Sir Alec Guinness trained actor with just like a fucking 40 kilo iron rod and George Lucas is going faster and more intense. <laughs> <laughs> holding up his Christ. I've, uh, I've got a wild theory about Obi-Wan. Please in the th- in the first one, and it's very outlandish, but it made me giggle when I when I wrote it down. At the very at the very start, when he's telling Luke about everything, and then he says to Luke, "You have to come with me. I need you to come with me and help me." And Luke is like, "Nah, I gotta, I gotta get some power converters. I gotta work on the farm. You know, like I've been fighting Owen up until now, and you know what? He's right. Uncle Owen's right. I gotta stick around and be a farmer." <laughs> Um, and, and Obi-Wan's like, mm, okay, I'll go fuck myself. Oh, no. Now, my theory. <laughs> Don't. Is that um, Obi-Wan orchestrated no. the deaths <laughs> of Uncle Owen and Aunt. Is it a Baru? A Baru? A Baru, yeah. Um, he's orchestrated everything. He orchestrated the attack <laughs> on the fucking, uh, what is it, the Ewoks? Not and the he's Ewoks, like, sorry, oh, the um, Stormtroopers. Sand it's, people. It's too accurate for Stormtroopers. Oh, the Jawas, yeah. yeah. Too accurate for Stormtroopers. They are referred to as sand people a heck of a lot. <laughs> Which, like, <laughs> every lot. time was more and more like... <laughs> They just keep saying Jawa? sad people. Jawa. Jawa. Oh, Jawa. Thank you. And the um, Tusken Raiders as and well. The Tus- the yeah, yeah. Ones. And I, it's all, it all orchestrates very conveniently for him to go, I'm sorry. Well, that's, anyway. That's just, the, that's just the will of the force yeah. bringing us together. <laughs> is um, Ringo Starr? Is that Ringo Starr? <laughs> this is, is just my approximation of his accent. What I told you was true from a certain <laughs> wow. point of view. My other issue is if you've cloned, you've cloned these stormtroopers from a very competent uh, Kiwi. Oh, we have to talk about the stormtroopers. We kind of have to. They are so incompetent they? in this film. They're no longer clones. Not, well, not all of them. Okay. Yeah. This isn't the clone They're like, anymore. It's like when you like spill a bucket of water into another bucket of water and spill that bucket into another bucket and you're just getting like this filtered sort of shit. That you, take a, you take a photocopy of a photocopy yeah. and by the 10th yeah. one you're like, yeah. I guess that's still yeah. what I, I guess started you're a with. stormtrooper. <laughs> that scene in the remaster where the, um, where the stormtrooper famously <laughs> bumps so. his head all the way through the doorway actually made me laugh out loud again so because I knew it was it. coming <laughs> and it's still because of the sound effect they've added, the thunk, like really obviously. It's great. So yeah. good. They can't shoot straight. Neither can Luke, really. They just get lucky. Well, it's- that's a good point. You don't see too many of the stormtroopers really eat it in the movie. Like, yeah. You, like, they you funnel see them a few, through few. a door at one point. They still can't kill them. Like, they're running down a corridor just willy-nilly firing at groups of them and maybe one or two drop. Like, mm. everyone in shots. the future- can't shoot for shit. I was shocked to see how much of Han Solo's bit, just speaking of the interactions with the stormtroopers, I've seen so many parodies of this movie. Mm. And probably Robot Chicken. 
uh, how much of uh, him when he's like on the the voice com or whatever, and he's like, oh, "It's all good. We got it handled." How are you? <laughs> I was like, "Oh, he says how are you?" That's pretty great. That's pretty fun. And then he shoots it. Like, well, that'll solve that problem. Yeah, it's a boring, boring conversation, conversation anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I love uh, the trivia is that Harrison Ford didn't learn his lines for that scene to make it feel more improv. It's like you couldn't just act that, man. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah. it worked out for the best, but also. Sure. Know. Rewatching this the other day, I, I, I had an absolute ball with Princess Leia. Like, the first two figures of authority she meets, she tells them both to get she, fucked. Yeah, she's <laughs> <is> a <laughs> sassy. She, Luke comes in and he's in the Stormtrooper. Oh, you're a little short for a Stormtrooper, aren't you? What? She, oh, she is uniform. just fucking on. She's on. She's shooting stormtroopers. She's it's getting them Carrie out Fisher. of tight corners. Yes. She's fantastic. Is she English in this movie? What? Help me out. No, no she's regal. She's regal. she's regal to the point of almost confusion. And I know as the movies go on, she becomes more just like Carrie Fisher. But in this, she's a little like- Upper crust in a way that I didn't remember. She yeah. speaks some of her lines very rounded and very like you know well, avoiding the nasal, and which makes sense in the contrast to Luke and Han, like in those scenes together. And Chewie's, Chewie's doing like Luke a southern is- accent, so it's like all over the place. But so is R two D two. No, Luke is the most nasal performance I've ever heard. Mark Hamill sounds From such an accomplished voice actor too. Yeah, I mean he's he wasn't at this point. But he's like what six in this movie? No, of course. That's I think he's seven, seven and a half. It, it was hard to believe that Hamill became what he became yes. from that. It's ah! also, and we've already mentioned this many episodes ago, but we talk about casting people at a certain age when they're not really. And it's like, oh, our boy Luke, you know, he's growing up so fast. And I'm like, that's a grown man you have in your house there, guys. You might have noticed he needs to get out more. I mean, we've not also touched on the fact that Hamill's reaction to seeing the the burnt skeletons of his arm. Oh. Can we talk about the burnt skeletons of the arts? I'm watching this movie and <laughs> my memory is like, it's a pile of ashes or it's just, and it's like, no. it's burnt corpses. <laughs> the skeletons <laughs> blackened. They're rock solid. You can see them still crawling. They're it's frozen in position. Insane. Lucy goes, are they C-3PO's? And I was like, oh, man, it's C3PI when Three, it's a pl- sequel. Th- C3Pers. I mean, plural. I said sequel. Fuck my absolute life. Well, <laughs> that's staying in. That's staying in. You know, James L. Jones only paid seven grand for this movie. Do you know David Browse? Prowse? Prowse. Call me out here. David Prowse, who only died a couple of years ago Rest and played uh, Darth, Darth Vader. Vader physically mm. in the role. And no, no, and voiced it. And but then they wasn't went- told. Yeah. Because when you look at the footage, he's like- you have to find them. Oh, they're somewhere. Ah, he almost sounds like C-3PO, basically. Oh, no. he, he doesn't work at all. He's a very, like, a high-pitched English accent. But if anyone here has ever seen A Clockwork Orange, there's a very famous sequence in A Clockwork Orange at the end where a gentleman whose house has been broken into earlier in the film and he's been rendered a paraplegic, he has a large manservant, as he's credited in the film, who carries him from room to room, and that's David Prowse. <laughs> So I oh watched God. A Clockwork that- Orange recently and I <laughs> right. looked it up and it's just like, that would be Darth Vader, just is carrying that-, that guy from oh, room to room. Oh, shit. Is that like Arrested Development? Swoop me. Swoop me. Nuts. For those who don't know, Martin Short plays R2-D2 in this film. Do you also know that R2-D2's dialogue was written as English and- Laden with swear words. He was like, you fucking yeah. idiots, fucking goddamn it. 
and they went three PO's reactions. Hold were on, pretty legit, right? That's exactly what it is. They kept <laughs> the dialogue. C three PO still reacts to R two D two swearing his face off, and they went, "No, hold on, let's make it PG." And they just made it. R two, what are you doing? Why don't you go fuck your mother? Whoa, R two, can't believe it. Oh, shit. <laughs> I, I don't know. Sitting here talking about it, it just feels- We said we all went on a really cute bathroom break together. And I was saying that it feels- <laughs> Okay. Just for the listeners. Hold on. Okay. Just the context. No, I we all had hands while we, we stood at the urinal. It was a daisy chain sort of situation. <laughs> I spelled Marcus's name. <laughs> Twice. <laughs> In my part of the urinal. Yes, it was weird how you just insisted. It's got a very strong stream. (laughs) Can't remember what I was saying. Oh, this is a big movie. And it it, for the listeners and the committed and dedicated listener who's heard all these episodes, thank you, wherever Mm. you are. And you will have noticed that there is no movie that's even close to this size, this, this gargantuan thing that doesn't need explaining. And when we try to address it, it's kind of like- I remember once there was a metaphysicist that described eternity as every thousand years a comet goes past and you swipe at it with a feather and after long enough you'll start to actually damage the comet and that's eternity. And it's like Star Wars feels like that comet and we've just got our fucking feathers and we're like, I don't fucking know. What do we say about this shit? Like there's no way to make your mark on Star Wars anymore because it's just so overspoken. I just got lightheaded. Did you? Yeah, that made me- there's a little, there's a little bit of a, oh, a quantum Jesus. Yeah, thing there, but it's like it's a, it's a very interesting uh, sort of thing to try and take on. I'm and my mark on I've Star Wars. really enjoyed this l- script. Is shit. I that's I was literally about to say I've enjoyed hearing Chris's like veneration of it. My sort of struggling with trying to work out what I think of its legacy and how much I like it. Marcus really just enjoying it, very sort of unalloyed pleasure, and you being like, but, but guys, maybe. This movie fucking sucks. <laughs> like, Tell, me about- Tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> and I'm like, I enjoy every aspect of it. Um, and I don't disagree with you. I think the script is kind of bleh, you know, but is I don't the, think it bothers. It doesn't bother me. Storytelling works. Yes. People get or characters get character arcs. Yes. Han Solo is the rogue at the start. He comes back and saves his friend at the end. You know, it they're all there. All the pieces work. The dialogue a little bit clumpy. Fine, clumpy, clunky. Both. Just, clumpy, as, clumpy just as clumpy as my dialogue myself. Um, <laughs> like, cl- but it's clumpy was the name of that first <laughs> alien we see at the- uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't like you either. I don't like you. But my it, name's Clumpy, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> as, as you say, 50 years nearly hence since this was made, yeah. it is just part of the charm for someone like myself. And that's the thing. We'll never know what it was like to see this film mm. in 77. Yeah, you know, like I'm born in 89, mm. so I saw it, I think, in, in the 90s, maybe. Even then, it's a- almost 25 years old. And I was like, this is kind of- interesting cool. math there, Frank. I'll let that clear <laughs> for now, but we'll, uh, we'll check our brains trust for that one. It's okay. Well, <laughs> I still think this, this sorry, still buddy. holds up for the same reasons that Jurassic Park 1 was so iconic for its own reasons. Like the puppetry. Not as good as Jurassic Park 3. Yeah, I've never heard of Jurassic so Park 1. What are you even- so right. There is but no- The work that went into uh, yeah. these and again, the world building and the, and, uh, the atmosphere and everything around it. And yes, the dialogue sucks. It does. I agree with you. Literally at one point during the, um, uh, the garbage shoot scene, Han does the beautiful- 
I got a bad feeling about this. Literally. And, <laughs> and I wanted to punch myself in the head for hearing <laughs> And it. I don't know if he's the first person to have said it. No. That's the thing that I- it No, I mean- last. But yeah. I mean, I'm genuinely like, maybe he was. I don't know. I don't know if anyone said before Harrison Ford said in Star Wars, I got a bad feeling about I'm this. I'm sure that this story took inspiration from other things prior to 77 100%. Too. It's like, using all of these laid out, like the, the thing that people always talk about is- um, Joseph Campbell's Monomyth, which is a book that was written. I'm going to really be brief about this, I promise. Brief. <laughs> Before you, you, you can even get there. Yourself. I knew. I'm wearing a pair of briefs. Joseph Campbell's Monomyth is a basically way of encapsulating what storytelling is. Dan Harmon's a big fan of it. He does his story circles. <laughs> and Star Wars is held up as so representational because it's a messiah story, because it's a story of a character who enters into an unknown area and has to have, uh, you know, people there that are not his assistants. There's a word for it, like companions or sidekicks. And then you enter into the unknown area. You confront challenges you don't know used to you call change, to adventure call to adventure thank you cross the threshold all this sort of stuff you are you eventually arrive back metaphysically or literally where you started having changed probably the more literal version of this is frodo and lord of the rings where he comes actually literally back, to, back to where he started having changed significantly and then there's an extra bit uh, there where it's like do you want to go to boat heaven and it's like okay sure whatever frodo's still a piece of shit at the end i don't know if anyone was like who fucking hates frodo here it's <laughs> I didn't even realise he was in the film half the time. It's Sam's the real hero. Interesting. We'd all know that, but you can't say Frodo's- Anyway, it's fine. He's not a good person. Do you know what's so funny about this? <laughs> the script is so crappy. <laughs> you know what I said about this fucking script? <laughs> <laughs> it's all I have. But for, <laughs> for one of the shittest scripts of all time- <laughs> Tell me I'm wrong. There are so many quotable lines. It's so weird that you go, oh, I hate this fucking script. And it's like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> quotable lines. Oh, no. oh, no. And et cetera. <laughs> you know? I've got one. I've got one. I figured we were at the beach with Frank flip-flopping like that. <laughs> My this, this stool is not helping me. Okay. What was I saying? Fuck. Quotable quotable lines. lines. You think this is a bad script and yet. Some of the most quotable lines, like when he's like, I got one. He's like, all right, kid, don't get cocky. Yeah. Iconic line. I can't think of any others. Your lack of faith disturbs me or I find your lack of faith disturbing. I'm disturbed by your lack of faith. (laughs) It's pretty good. Oh, shit. I was like David Draymond from (laughs) Disturbed. What you were doing just there. Oh or um, if you strike me down, I'll become more powerful than you can ever imagine. Mm-hmm. See, I don't know it. So, like, give me a break. But is that right? Is that the line? Yeah. Like I said, yeah. there are a few lines that stick out, which is weird because most of it's ratchet. It gets by on its charm on an inherent sort of, like, adventurous and bombastic spirit that it has, you know, and it doesn't need to, I think. I'm talking myself into liking it more because I'm just realizing that it really is something that has a legacy because it, it taps into something ineffable and, and there's some story. You're like, ineffable. Thank you. But again, you look back on it and you go, this can't be in 77. But then you, you try to convince yourself of what was filmed and shot in 77 sure. or in the 70s. This is ahead of its time. Yeah. Yes. Two, two years later, you got Alien, the first- Female led. 79. Mm. 79. Didn't know that. Yeah. Wow. Which and is so, also iconic. And so you have Princess Leia as a precursor, which is mm. an, a, a side note, you know, but 
she's not treated as special in the film. She's like, yeah, it's Princess Leia. Yeah. That's yeah. sweet. Right, cool. Sigourney's still the queen of, like, oh, yes. of, you know. Um, Sci-fi action. Heroin. The, the Rip, heroin. Ripley. Take drugs. Ripley. Hard drugs. Wow. <laughs> wow. All right. You heard but, it you know, here first. The strong, um, you know, feminine hero. Yes. Basically. She, she highlights it. But, like, what you're saying, Chris, where a That's character right. who's meant to be the dainty princess sort of archetype and then shows up and is, like, wise talking and then sort of shoots out the, uh, the vent so they can do, like, she has her own sense of agency. And at that time, that was a little bit like, huh, how about yeah. this? Princess in title, but. She's a fucking trooper. Absolutely. Hmm. But not a stormtrooper. That's a good thing. She's just in white, though. She's not a Nazi. She's got that going for her. Uh, Frank's disorientated. I think someone needs to Well, I just, I've had my rant about the script, so I feel like I now need to just, I'll just sit back. I'll sit back. There's a movie that came out um, a few years prior to this called Dark Star, which is uh, directed by John Carpenter. It's actually his first movie. And it was written with Dan O'Bannon, I want to say his name was. And he, uh, he ended up writing Alien. Why? Uh, and Dark Star is secretly, three years before Star Wars, very much sort of pioneers or at least grabs onto and does something with this aesthetic. This idea of space travel that looks futuristic in a very, very um, specific way, I suppose. Like it has that aesthetic of dials and uh, sort of engagement with spaceship architecture and the idea of trying to like form out what the inside of a ship looks like and the sectors where you've got like the airlock and you've got all these different sort of things. And I think that Dark Star, can you tell me, is it Dan O'Bannon? He, he's one of the cast members as well. Yeah, Dan O'Bannon. Dan O'Bannon. Really interesting guy. And I only, I literally only bring this up because I got really into John Carpenter last year and Dark Star was a bit of a revelation as a movie to watch and be like, oh, fuck, this is pretty crazy. Interesting that it took so much from Star Wars and was still able to stand on its own. Oh, shit, this is three years before Star Wars. Mm -hmm. And it's just definitely a movie that I can imagine George Lucas and a lot of people saw and were like, cool, what if I had more than $7 and I could actually do something? Mm -hmm. So this budget was $11 million. You've said already, Chris, they went quite over, correct? Uh, Yes, I believe so. Plus he needed $3.5 to start ILM. So, so you need to start a company to make the movie. Well, I think yeah. Always a good business decision. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get a corporation involved. Which one? I haven't made it yet, but like, oh, but I'll I think, get there. I think the original budget was $5 million. They went, cool, here's $5 million, go make a movie. And it just kept going over. I'm sure $11 million was what they say, but it would have been much more than that. Sure. Yeah. $11 million in 77 is something like $40 million today. The amount it made was, you said right at the start when you were getting 775. up, $775. $775. So much money. That's a, adjusted, that's a billion dollar film. I think adjusted for inflation today, it's 3.1, apparently. Yeah. So it's like, this is still the fourth highest grossing film of all time adjusted for inflation. And it says something that its mark was so indelible that- even the subsequent films never quite reached that mark. Like Star Wars Episode Five and Star Wars Episode Six never quite, for inflation, made as much money as the first one. It was just such a moment. Mm. And when Episode Five has that big twist, spoilers, um, that uh, Darth Vader is indeed Luke's father, it's, uh, it's, it's quite remarkable that that was such a talking point of the 80s, 81? Was that when that came 80. out? Yeah, 80. 80. Uh, and yet this one really is still the highest. Of course, when we're going not adjusted for inflation and we're just going general monetary values, all the new Star Wars movies are like in the top 50, but it's just depending on what your metric is. 
Well, it's amazing how most of them have made at least a billion dollars. Like, yeah. Rise of Skywalker makes 1.2. Rogue One makes 1.3. And that's like a spin-off mm-hmm. Star Wars movie even. Mm-hmm. Like, I really enjoyed that. The money, I've not seen it. But the money in Star Wars is insane. Are you you're joking? You don't like No, me. no, no. I did. Chris very much didn't, but I, I, that's no. the probably- It's one of those ones argue. where I rewrite, everyone, I rewrite it in my head. Everyone seems sure. to love Rogue One. That's I've, like, no, I've heard not, of not everyone. Sorry, Chris doesn't, and, and yeah. apparently Tom doesn't. But, but it, like, is, it is that it. rusted on fan base that is giving you these, this, this money. They turn up, they buy their tickets, they see it multiple times, they yeah, buy the merchandise. They won't stop. They By just rusted, you stop. mean extremely toxic. Died in the wall. Oh, and that as well. <laughs> yeah. They they love Star Wars and have loved Star Wars since they were kids. Mm. Yeah. And mm. won't stop. And their kids will love it. Like, they'll take their kids to see yeah. it. And that's, again, the whole thing is, like, it's like this, it's been around for so long now yeah. that it's like, oh, well, it's a family legacy to love Star Wars. Yeah. Uh, compared to our generation, uh, Harry Potter is approaching it. It's still not to the same level. No. Somehow. Mm. Seven books, se- mm. eight films. And yet it's- And the, the uh, ones after the and uh, those, Fantastic Beasts. Those ones, oh. yeah. Which, <laughs> and, the, and the stage show. Um, I stage show's not bad. I think if it had- I like the stage show. I think if it had a little more time and maybe less- We won't get into this, but obviously, like, George Lucas is a, a very strange, silly man, but that's about all you could say about him. Like, and I'm, I'm saying that very much as a whimsical sort of, like, he seems weird. Are you, are, are you about to go into J.K. Rowling? Yeah, J.K. Rowling yeah. seems more bad than that. And so, I think that's definitely <laughs> going to impact its legacy- <laughs> Um, yeah, small but bad. Star Wars, I, I guess I think it would be a good idea to talk really briefly because I think we've all naturally found this end point where it's like, fuck, I don't know. What else can you say about Star Wars and New Hope? It's fucking, it, it is what it is. It's an undeniable fact. That's it's like, we can pick it up. It's like us talking about it. water. Like, what's your guys' favorite thing about it? So, my- it's wet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I guess I just want to ask really quickly uh, to round it off, like, where do you guys see where Star Wars is now and what's going to- come of it because just recently and I'll, this is all I'll say and I have nothing else to say on it the Mandalorian season 3 has just dropped as of recording and its numbers aren't great and much like people are experiencing the third fifth sixth wave of Marvel fatigue but it might actually be taking now because a mm. lot of the Marvel movies are, are tanking mm. we may be at that Disney plus era the TV shows and the movies oversaturation mm. sort of Star Wars fatigue mm-hmm. where people are like, yeah, I just don't know if I need another movie or TV show now. Well, it's a hard, the oversaturation is, is absolutely killer. Like with the, the hype around a Phantom Menace when it was coming out was, was it 15 years, if not more, after the original three? That sounds about right, doesn't it? Maybe 14, uh, 16 80, years actually, 83, 83 to 99. So such a long time to wait for what you know is going to be another trilogy. But that's six films in the scope of- When, when the last one came out for yeah. that, it would have been about 26 years, I guess. Yeah. 27 A massive years. amount of time. And now we're sort of cra- like in the streaming era, we're cramming so much in. And like you said, the Marvel problem, all the films are just underthought, like they're undercooked. They're not really thought out. The special effects are suffering because there's not enough time. The scripts aren't great. And I haven't watched The Mandalorian. I haven't watched a lot of the other Star Wars, you know, extracurricular stuff but i feel like except for the animated clone wars which seems to be popular and very popular. has a lasting legacy mm. the rest of it is kind of just half i don't know no i think not personally, great. i think once lucas stepped away 
uh, it lost its flavour. And I think unless you've got the right people at the helm, which they didn't, uh, except I would argue that Favreau at least understood the assignment. John Favreau, And I think yeah. that unfortunately he probably came in at the wrong time to take over because, as you say, the oversaturation, people are like, yeah, I don't know. I'm a bit bored of it now. But he Get did the it. first season of Mandalorian, right? Yeah, it was great. And people loved that. And That's people, what I mean. Like, Favreau got it. Yeah. People but I think he came in too late. Seemed to like Andor, which came out a few months ago. Still haven't watched it. And even that, they're like, that was really good. Maybe stop. Like, they're kind That's, of, yeah, they're like, just, we don't need more. Just pump more. the brakes. Give it a break. That's the difference between, like, phase one to three for Marvel is Kevin Feige had a, all right, we're going to the Infinity War thing. Like, Fage? F- sorry. Fa- did I say No, it's, fage? Fa- it's Feige. Do you think it's Fage? Yeah, what, the, the lead singer think- of the Black Eyed Peas. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin Fergie. Fi- <laughs> Fagealicious. <laughs> Mama too Fagealicious. No. Fagealicious death. All right, oh, so shit. is anyone throwing in the pan? No, 8.5. I think Sticking it. I got beaten into submission uh, by Chris. Title of your sex tape. <laughs> Being into submission by dot, 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 and then just the name interchangeable. Uh, I reckon it's really hard for me not to go close to a nine with this. Maybe like an 8.9 because it does seem to matter more than I know what to say about it. But I'll keep the sentence going until someone (laughs) gives me a- I was going to join in because I was going to join in with you because I also agree and I'm going to throw in a little bit. What are you going to give it into? Well, I said five to start. I'm going to go six. That's high. Jesus, like just- Look at me and then we can like work that out. It would have been great. It would have been a great little throw in the thingy. Worst Siamese twins ever. (laughs) (laughs) You and me? A slim (laughs) category. I hate you, Sharon Arsehole. Me. (laughs) (laughs) So that was the episode of Star Wars 1977. I guess next week we'll be back with uh, Empire Strikes Back. And we'll just just go through all 45 films. Nah, let's not. Stop saying 45. 80 Days of Cage. We're doing 80 Days of Cage. Thanks for listening to Throwing the Power. My name is Francis. My name is Thomas. My name is Chris. And I'm Marcus. Christopher. That's the full name. We were doing the full name. I'm sorry, Thomas. Let's let's go again. Sorry. I'm Francis. I'm Ryan Johnson. I'm Tommy the Tank Engine. (laughs) You're a diesel. (laughs) 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 Throwing the power. Liz is just